may be seated. Last week I started talking about uh, the, and I know I was a little deep, and it was hard because so much information I was trying to encapsulate in such a small period of time. There's so much to speak about. There was so much depth in the message last week that I just barely scratched the surface, just, just barely touched on you know, the, the, the ideas that were presented there. And, 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 uh, and I just, I, you know, you, you, you could, as a pastor, really, if people wouldn't get bored and they wouldn't give up on you, you could sometimes take a small portion of Scripture like that, and you could preach, if you wanted to, you could probably preach an entire year on it. I mean, it's just, uh, there's so much in the Word of God. I mean, the Word of God, I, I, I have become more aware of what I don't know than what I do know. Sometimes we think we know a lot. And I have become more aware that the older I get, the less I actually know. Now, I know a lot. But I think I've come to realize the Word of God is so deep, so vast, and so wonderful, you could never exhaust the depth of it. Last week, I began this series talking about that the Word became flesh. I won't call it a series. It was just a message that I didn't get enough, the depth of it out. I want to touch a small portion of that just for a few minutes that I think is going to help you. And so last week we talked about the Word became flesh, and we talked about Zechariah versus Mary, and how Zechariah, now, now normally I don't preach, I can barely get out one Christmas message. It's just, it's just, I think every preacher is the same way. I think if you, you were to go to and talk to any preacher, you'd find out Christmas is a hard time because you got to park everything and preach on Christmas. And that's all, you know what I'm trying to say. You kind of have to, you gotta, everybody's got to have it. You, you can't have Christmas and not have a Christmas message. Right? And so you try and throw one together. This year, I'm not only preaching one Christmas message, I'm going to preach two. Oh, y'all ought to be excited about that. Maybe you're not, I don't know. And so Zechariah, we saw that God shut his mouth so that he would not speak negatively. And Mary, on the other hand, spoke positively and had her, her promise come through her, or the promise of God. It was a, Mary is the first woman ever in human history ever to have had the merging of the word of God in the natural, in the natural sense. God became flesh and dwelt among us. It came through her. Her words and the way she, uh, she experienced her pregnancy and the way she walked out her pregnancy brought about the promise of God for us. It is truly a, uh, a story that we should embrace and hold on to and understand. You should take the time to know exactly more than you do about how important this is. Because there's a principle taught here beyond just she was pregnant and Jesus was born. A lot of the very things that you and I as Christians are going to experience or the way we're going to experience promise is exampled for us in this story. As a matter of fact, all of it is. Everything that we want to see about Jesus and his relationship to us is given here. Faith is exampled to us. The, the deliverance of our lives is exampled to us. And this story has reference and reference and reference to so many deep meanings that we miss it. It is the biblical model of spiritual pregnancy, not just natural pregnancy, but of spiritual pregnancy, that the word became alive inside of her, and she bore the promise. She bore the promise. She was pregnant. Now, 
we have a similar experience in our lives. And I want to talk about this from the, the, the understanding that, that, that in order for you and I to, to walk in the promise of God, we must, we must get a vital part of this story. It's vital that you get it. And that is, I'm going to give you one word. If you've got a pen and a paper, you need to write this down. Expectancy. Expectancy. We, we, we use terms like that. When we talk about a woman who is pregnant, we say she is expecting. Mary was pregnant and expecting. She had an expectancy of something God had spoken to her. I went back last week into Abraham and talked a little bit about, about Abraham and Sarah and, the, and how Abraham and Sarah changed their names. God changed their names so that they were no longer Abram and Sarai, but Abraham and Sarah. And the importance of that was for us to once again understand that, that, that he had changed their faith, that, that faith had changed. They, years earlier, at about 75, Abram goes in to his handmaiden and has a child that's not the child of promise. Because he had a problem with his faith. But, but I want you to think of the word expectancy or expectant. Because the reality is at 75, Abram went into uh, Hagar for the reason that his expectancy was incorrect. He had the wrong expectancy. The outlook that he had towards the things of God or the promise of God was incorrect. He, 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 he could, his expectancy was what he could see. He could see Sarah's body. He could see his body. He could see, and his, he had an expectancy based on his vision, what he could see, what he expected. He had a, you understand, he expected something, and he was expecting. See, the pregnancy that was there, the, the, when I speak of this pregnancy of Jesus and Mary and all, that is akin to, or it is as equally important for us to understand that natural pregnancy there also represents to us a spiritual side, that the spiritual pregnancy of man is the same as the natural pregnancy of Mary with Jesus the promise. Because of Je when God spoke to Mary and she spoke the words out, there was a time between when she was, can you imagine, I don't know what it would have been like to be Mary. And, and, and Mary had heard that the Holy Ghost was going to come. She was going to have a seed planted in her. What was the seed? What do we know the seed is? The seed is, the seed is, what does the Bible say seed is? Okay, okay. Boy, I'm telling you, this deep teaching is getting to everybody, isn't it? The seed is the Word of God. Anytime you see the word seed in the Bible, it's talking about or referring to, in some referential manner, the Word of God. The Word of God is seed. As a matter of fact, the word that's used in the Bible is spermata. It's the word that we get the word sperm from. The seed. Nobody gets that. The Word of God, the seed was planted in Mary. But it wasn't just that it was planted that caused the fruition or caused the production of the seed. Her expectations between the time she was told and the time she had the child were the gestation period of pregnancy. 
it got bigger and bigger and larger and larger. Anybody, these women that are pregnant, you've seen a pregnant woman. She doesn't just get pregnant and all of a sudden baby. If that happens, something's not right. You're watching an aliens movie. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? No, there's a gestation period. That's why we use the word she's expecting. Because nine months earlier, she was impregnated with the spermata or the seed. In this case, we wouldn't say that, but it would be the seed. That seed germinated, right? And an egg was, was uh, uh, impregnated or, or the seed was planted in the egg. The egg began to grow. And, the, I mean, a woman begins to get larger. Matter of fact, I can remember my wife's pregnancies. About toward the end, you could have got a wheelbarrow out. Don't tell her I said that. I mean, I got myself in trouble. But, you know, she just waddling along. Have you ever seen one that was overdue? I mean, what does an overdue pregnant woman look like? Has anybody in here been overdue? Anybody, you've been overdue? Were you ready for that to come out? Oh, I mean, misery. And everybody seen that? You know these overdue women, they just, they go to the doctor, please get it. My wife was due. And I remember going to the hospital and she walked up and down McLeod's. I mean, I mean, you know that runway? You know the one that I'm talking about? You go from the, the new tall building to the old building. You know what I'm talking about? Before they built all the new stuff, there was just like a runway. She must have walked that a hundred times. Expecting. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, just misery, ready for that thing to come out. It didn't start that way. When she found out she was pregnant, took the test out, she showed me in a hotel room. She came to me and she handed me the pregnancy and says, hi, Dad. Huh? Um, uh, but at that time, she didn't look like she was pregnant. She didn't look like she was pregnant. There was nothing there that indicated pregnancy at all other than the test. Had we not known. But you know, if we had not known, if we did not know, if we didn't know that she was pregnant, within a few months, we'd have begun to wonder. What, what, what happened? Something began to happen to the pregnancy that was there. The reason we use the word expectancy is because once we know there's a growth that begins to occur and something begins to build and something begins to happen. And it is between the time of, of pregnancy and the time of birth that, that we call expectation. We're expecting. Once it's there, it's no longer expectation. It's in our hand. We have it. But until it's out, it's just an expectation. And see, the problem with Zechariah is that his expectation was wrong. That's why God had to shut his mouth so that he wouldn't speak his expectation. That's why God had to change Abraham and Sarah's name from Abram to, Ab to, uh, to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah because at first their expectation was small and it, and it was not infinite. When it became Abraham and Sarah, what was the expectation at that moment? You will become the father What happened to their expectations? What was the difference between the time at 75 and the time at 99? When God showed them what they could become, when he showed them the greater expectation, and he took them from the small one child to children beyond the sands of the sea. 
and beyond the stars of the sky so that they no longer saw in the small level but saw at the God level their expectancy change. Once the expectancy changed, something else changed. It began to grow. Something could be produced. Promise could be produced because now the expectations were not natural expectations but became spiritual expectations. God wants to impart to us his word in the form of seed. You see, every condition in the human experience is basically, it's covered 100% in the word of God. There isn't anything you have ever or will ever experience that is not in the word of God. Never a need, never a situation, never an illness, never a challenge. Nothing in your life is not covered in the word of God. There is an answer to every dilemma, every challenge in your life. It's there. It's inside of you. But just, just like Abraham and Sarah, just like Mary and Jesus, there has to be a seed. The seed of the word of God must be planted and an expectation must change about that seed. You see, there are people that come and they may be ill for the, for the term of their life. They, they may come and they may be sitting uh, and, uh, in a brace from head to toe. Or maybe a condition that, that they see no way out of. They've only had it their entire life. What is their expectation? Well, according to natural terms, well, you can, you, can, you can suffer through this. You can get by this. You'll make it. But it's never an expectation of what God said. You see, for instance, if you and I had a condition of cancer, we could have an expectation of the natural. I could go get chemotherapy. Maybe my success rate would be good, and I might, succeed, I might survive this. Or, according to the word of God, what is the expectation there? If the word of God, the seed of God is planted in my heart, what does he say? By Jesus' stripes, there's a difference in an expectation that's natural and an expectation that's of the word. See, we're failing in our lives because we don't understand that God has a plan that will get us from here to there with an expectancy that isn't our own. And expectation is the key. It makes the difference between what you have now and what you're going to have. Expectation, you have to have an expectation. In other words, you are, your thought life and your productivity is a result of what you expected. Whether you believe it or not, you are where you are today. Because that's what you expected. Think of the situation, somebody that may have been in a, in a marriage earlier in their life, and it was so bad, and then they start thinking about having the next one. They don't want to go get a marriage license, because the last one was so bad, it must have been that piece of paper we signed. It couldn't have been me or her, it had to be the paper. And if we don't sign that paper, we'll have a better relationship. I guarantee you, if we sign the paper, we're going to break up, it's going to be horrible, so let's just live in sin, we don't have to do this. It's not the paper, but that's the expectation, isn't it? As we look forward to the next marriage or the next relationship uh, or the next friendship. Have you ever had a situation where you went up to somebody and every time you went to talk to them, maybe it's your daughter-in-law, and you go to talk to them and she just scowls her face and, or your mother-in-law. Oh, I, I like this one the best because I can tell you I've been done through that. My wife and my mother had expectations 
if we even thought about going to my mother's house. <laughs> Come on, y'all been through Christmas. Y'all went to dinner with somebody this week. And you thought, oh man, have we got to see Aunt Gertie? Oh, do I have to go see Aunt Gertie? Why? Because you expect that the moment you walk through Aunt Gertie's door, she's going to break out that big hunk of lip she's got and smack you right on the lip. <laughs> oh, I know y'all think that's... See, in Tonga, my Tongan relatives, I had an Auntie Lena and an Auntie Anna. And if we were going to go see Auntie Lena and Auntie Anna, it was a, it was a bad day. Auntie Lena, you all see I got big lips, but let's just double them or triple them. I mean, huge lips. Auntie Lena had big Samoan lip, big. Big old lip. And when you walked in, she gave you a big, fat, slobbery, nasty kiss right on the lips. I think sometimes she even slipped the tongue. I'm just saying. That's a joke now. That's a joke. But I was little then. I was little. You know, it just seemed like that. You know what I'm talking about? Ooh. But that, I'm telling you, if somebody said you got to go see Auntie Anna or Auntie Lena, I'm telling you something on the inside of we, I mean, an expectation came. Folks, your, your lives are determined by your expectations. You have what you have today because somebody implanted inside of you or experience has brought to you an expectation. You expect when you go into the job interview that you are going to get a result. And the fact is, is when you walk in that door to take your interview, you are going to act out. You're going to act out your expectations subconsciously. You don't even do it consciously. It's just a subconscious thing. When you come up to the next milestone, there was a guy in the church years and years ago. You don't know who he is, but I remember he had this big dream and this big goal and this big, you know, all this stuff. But his expectations were always lower than the goal. See, you can have the word of God. And you can have dreams, and you can have goals, but if you don't have the right expectancy, the Word of God won't do you any good. And there are many people, they've got ideas and they've got dreams, but their expectancy at the end of that road is never what the dream actually was. And so they can never achieve because the expectancy is too low. And so they would walk up and they would, he would get to this plateau. And he would reach this place, and then all of a sudden, he'd just slide right back down. Finally, one day, I was sitting in the, in the middle of the sanctuary, and I brought him. I said, you know, you remind me. There's a guy. I, I, I was telling him a story. I said, every time I see you, you look like a guy that goes up the hill. You get to a wall. You never go through the wall, and you just fall right back down. You go back to the wall. You get to the wall, and you fall right back down. Ever since I've known him until this very day, it's the same way. And I can tell you why. He has an idea of faith. He has thoughts in his mind. He's got, but every time he gets to the place of breakthrough in his life, every time he walks up to where the door can be opened, every time, there must have been some moment in his life where the pregnancy was aborted because his expectations, his words, and the real value of it never exceeded the ability to get through it, through the wall. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, the pregnancy could be aborted. It's got to continue to grow. There's expectations, and expectations grow. Babies grow. We birth the promise of God in our life through expectation. We must expect that. It, see, when you go to somebody and say, now, do you believe God can do that for you? I sure hope so. I know what their expectancy is. See, with me, I, I, I don't look for the worst case scenario unless it's because I think there's something better than that. 
If I come to you and I tell you the worst case scenario is because I don't expect that. Some people expect it. I've come to realize somebody would say, well, because they talk to me sometimes and I'll, I'll, I'll give them the worst case scenario because I know I ain't getting that. Now, see, I don't know if you got what I just said. Now, there are others that they, they talk about the worst case scenario and they want to know what the facts are and all the worst case issues are because that's where they think they're going to be. That's the potential of what's going to happen to their lives. That should be the least thing that could happen to you because your expectations should be always larger than the worst thing that could happen to you. I mean, you got to start thinking bigger than where you are. Your expectancy has to become a growing process. The seed of God's word must be planted in your heart and you have to grow beyond your expectancy. What do you expect your marriage to be? What do you expect your child to turn out like? What do you expect your wealth to be in life? What do you expect? If you don't have the right expectancy, you're not pregnant with the promise of God. It is a good word. I'm going to preach because I, I, I see it as clearly as I've ever seen it. Mary said, my soul doth magnify the Lord within me. Do you understand? She understood. Think of what was said to her. She was unwed, a woman that had no chance of being pregnant, had never known a man, had heard by an angel that she was going to be pregnant by the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine the criticism? Can you imagine her own mind? What? Really? She didn't do that. She began a process of expectation. She didn't think Abraham and Sarah began a process at 99 of expectation. They no longer factored in. They no longer factored in, think about this, the deadness of Sarah's womb. Mary, that's just awesome right there. Because their expectations were beyond the womb. This is why people don't move forward in life. Something comes to sh that looks like, I've had it as a pastor. Somebody that came to the church from another church and I do something that resembles where they used to be. I'm not that guy. I don't even know that guy. This ain't that church. I don't even know that church. But somehow that triggers some kind of a response and they become shut off and they become, he's just like that guy. This is going to turn out just like that did. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? See, we've got to change our expectation. Let, let, let me go here because you've got to get this. You have got to get this. Listen, listen, listen. In light of pregnancy, every day we grow until we burst with expectancy. Just like a woman in pregnancy, finally it becomes so large it's birthed into reality. It leaves the womb of the spirit and becomes gestated into the womb or into the reality of the natural. But if you're never pregnant in the womb of the spirit, you'll never have it in the natural. See, religious teachings have taught us that, that, that uh, we just have to go through with things, go through it or experience it. And yet, that's not what God's word says. I want you to look at Jeremiah 29, 11. If we know the will of God, we will be filled with expectation. The process that brings the will of God to the earth is expectation. It's a process. It doesn't just happen. 
even if we believe and even if we know scriptures. It doesn't just happen. There has to be something in you where you walk in the dream before you're in the dream. Before I ever laid hands on a soul at Family Worship Center, I had this in a vision. I had it more than that. Before I ever lived in my house, I had a plan. That house, if we'd have just went out there and I said, build, what would it have been? What would we be living in? But I had a plan. That plan defined for me an expectation. When I walked into the house, I didn't just walk into randomness. I walked in to what I expected from the plan. God's word is the plan. <laughs> Do you see it? Then my expectancy should be the word of God. I don't have to expect what the world says. I don't have to expect what the doctor said. I don't have to expect what the lawyer said. I don't have to expect what the principal said. I don't have to expect what the psychologist said or the psychiatrist said. What did God say about your children? What did he say about their wisdom and their brilliance and their genius? Don't you let somebody tell you your son or your daughter isn't gonna ever amount to nothing? That ain't what God said. That ain't what God said. God said they're the apple of his eye. God said they're wise beyond their year. They could do all things through Christ who strengthens them. That's what God said. My expectation is not what I heard here, but what I heard here. Oh, if anybody get what I'm talking about. In order to know, see you take the word of God, there's your plan, and then you begin to expect. That's why you can hop and skip and jump when the, you know, the, the checkbook might be empty, but God said, I'm going to supply. Don't, don't you see what I'm talking about? I'm going to supply all your needs. I got another expectancy. I'm birthed with pregnancy from God. And if I stay in there with my words, anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Somebody in here ought to shout. What did God say about that new house? What did God say about that new car? What did God say? The blessings of the Lord shall come up. You just walk a little different when you have some expectancy. You know what I'm talking about? When you're expecting. <laughs> it ain't just a story. God is confirming to us and showing us that we can birth into the natural that which is in the spirit. Faith is the substance of something I can't see. Jeremiah 29, 11. Listen. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, said the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you. Expectation is not without the precursor. He said, I know the thoughts I have towards you. They are for good, right? And peace, not of evil, 
to give you our expectation can't be void of the pre precursor. In other words, my expectations must line up with what precedes expected end. Do you see it? Can you see it? My expected end is good, peaceful, and full. It's the thoughts of God. That is my expected end. I can't void the expected end by not taking God's word on the expected end. It's supposed to be my expected end. Does anybody understand that? Can you see how deep that really is? If you reverse it and look at it, the expected end of God is for your peace, for your joy, for your long suffering, for your fullness, for your blessing. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. And that is the expected end that God has. There will be an end. But will it be an expected? Let me say it another way. It will be what you expected. There will be an end, and it will be what you expected. Not just any end. You must expect the right things. Don't miss the point that it is an expected end that you are going to experience. Turn over to Proverbs 23, 18. I'm almost done. Hang in there. For surely, excuse me, there is an end and thine expectation shall not be cut off. Surely there is an end, and your expectation shall not be cut off. Here's the sad part about the truth of the Word of God. The Word of God is a two-edged sword. To the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, it's a two-edged sword. In other words, truth is parallel. Within this scripture is a truth that we must gain. That there is an end, and your expectation will be the end of it. It will, be, it will not be cut off. No matter what you expect. Did you get that? Your expectations will not be cut off. You will get that end. Whatever it is. Good or bad. You are a harvest of expectation. Harvesting the expectations of your life. If everywhere you go you expect to be treated a certain way. If life has brought you to a place that you're treated a certain way. It's like I said going to the mother-in-law. If you expect when you walk in that every time you go it's a negative experience. What do you think about the next time you're going to go? You act out what you expect. There will be an end. Will it be good or bad? That's up to you, but there we, it will not. Your expectation will not be cut off. I'm saying this because you've got to get to the point. You and I must get to the point where we expect buildings to go up. We expect them to be paid off. We expect financial blessings in our life. We expect for God to prosper our business. We expect, and when we're waiting on it, between the time of the implantation of pregnancy and the time of the deliverance of promise, what are we like in the moments of expectation? 
Am I walking around like Abraham and Sarah and calling those things that be not? As though they were? Am I speaking into existence the word of God into my life? Or am I speaking the world into the word of my life? Because that's my expectation. I want to show you this. I, I've never seen this before, but I saw it. It made sense to me. I want to share it with you. I'm almost done. Don't, don't quit. Don't quit. Hang in there. Y'all getting anything out of this? Yeah. Well, we took Old Testament scripture. We went to Proverbs. We said that expectation is important. They are the reflections of our deepest heart's expectations. You must know that the things you are experiencing in life, they are not random. They are the reflection of the deepest expectations of your heart. Philippians 1.20, turn over there. He says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether by life or death. Now, he says, the earnest expectations and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. Do you know why he could say, I'll be not ashamed? Because of his expectation. And do you see the word expectation there and my hope? The word hope and the word expectation are the same Greek word. When you see the word hope, it is earnest expectation earnest expectation faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God and here's the definition of faith faith is the substance of things earnestly expected hoped and nobody get that Faith is, I mean, I'm just, I'm tying it all together because in the past, I've seen hope as just a target. I've seen it just as a target that hope was just simply the bullseye that I was shooting at. The train of faith is on the tracks and I'm shooting towards a bullseye. There's some goal that I want to reach. There's a picture that I've made, an image that I see. But according to the word of God, hope is not just the image. You got it, Terry. It's not just the image, Brother Bob. It is the expected image. It's what I actually expect. Not just what I hope, but what I actually expect. That's good stuff, isn't it? Faith is the substance of the thing that I actually and earnestly expect, just like when a baby is gestated in the womb, when Mary heard the promise of Jesus, the baby lasted in that womb as other women nine months. And at the end of it, she was expecting. She didn't expect an alien. She didn't expect that it was going to be a car. Or didn't know what it was going to be. I wonder what's going to come out. It'll be like Jack in the Box. Wow. 
No. She expected a baby. That the promise was going to be birthed out of her. And I'm telling you, in the spirit, it is parallel. That faith, once the seed of the word of God, which comes by hearing the word of God, is planted in your heart, it is the substance of the earnest expectations of your heart. If your expectations are not real and all you have is image, it's not enough to get what you need. you got to see yourself running if you're in a wheelchair. you got to see yourself walking if you've never walked. you got to see yourself heal, hearing if you never heard. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You can't just look at a picture on a wall of a new car. You got to see yourself expecting to drive that car. You got to expect that you're not going to have to worry about your bills no more and who's going to have it. You got to expect that there's going to be a number. You got to expect they're going to give you a raise. You got to expect when you walk in the door, they're going to give you the job. You got to expect. Folks, I'm telling you, there's a missing ingredient that I want to teach. And I want to get you to the point where people don't understand. They wonder, how can you be so happy when you're so poor? I mean, you got no money. You can't even pay your bills. And you're walking around like you're rich. Because your expectation is not where you're standing right now. I said that to say this. I've been where maybe you are. I've walked in the shoes you're walking in. I know where I am today, and my expectations today are for greater than where I am today. And they should be, because I have not seen and ear has not heard what God has in store for those that love Him. God has bigger dreams than you do, and the Word of God tells us that the abundance of God will come upon us and overtake us. God has a bigger plan than you do. God wants more for you than you want for yourself. God wants more for your relationships, your marriages, your children, your jobs, your career path. What is to say? What is the limit? What is the top place you can be? Where are you expecting? What's been birthed in your heart? Do you want to own the business or do you just want to work for it the rest of your life? I'm just saying. And whatever your expectations are, that is the birthplace of the promise of God.